Welcome to In Progress, a podcast to help you grow and learn how to become a better version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Michael Cerigliano. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of In Progress. I'm your host, Michael Cerigliano, with special guest Federico Paulovic. How are you That's doing, nice. Fede? Very well, very well. Can I pronounce your name in the Italian way, the correct yeah. one? Let the people know <laughs> how it actually is supposed to sound, yes. Cirigliano. Cirigliano, not Cirigliano, Cirigliano. Cirigliano. We were getting that the entire time, me and my brother were in Italy, we were getting that, that it's not Cirigliano, Cirigliano. Cirigliano. Every time we'd say Cirigliano, like, what, what are you saying? What is that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but Fede, he, uh, he has a school for drumming in Milano. Um, he also drums at uh, clinics. Um, uh, he's made a career out of drumming, which a lot of people can't do. Um, and especially in a country where, from what I understand, being a musician is pretty difficult, especially a drummer. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, Italy is, um, of course, like, as an European country, we are so related to what's going on in the USA, especially in terms of uh, what's cool and what's going on in, in the music industry as well. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like I would say in, in, in a scale of opportunity and, and uh, business related things around music, I would say in a scale, uh, if the U.S. is at, at the top of the chart, I would say China, it's probably, it's probably going to be at the bottom. And I, I know what I'm talking about as I've been there for clinic tours like five or six times. Yeah. Um, and so like Italy, Europe in general, but Italy, I would say it's in the upper half of the chart. So it's not the best country for, the, for that. But it's not even the worst. And yeah. I'm... And, and, and I think we have like wonderful musicians down here. Oh, like the quality of musicians is so high. And sometimes I feel like it's a shame that they cannot express themselves at their maximum potential due to the fact that sometimes like professional gigs are not allowing musicians to express at full potential. And it's even more difficult to play, for example, original music at the clubs yeah exactly while in the states i think especially nowadays you don't you don't get to to hear many cover bands in the clubs do you not in the clubs no in the clubs typically in america you'll hear like there'll be a dj who's playing music that already exists not covers but like you know mixing actual music that is out on the radio but like yeah. for example with marco if we go to any of marco's gigs uh marco plays at bars at clubs and it's all his band's original music. It's never a cover. Yeah, that's the only thing I do. I only play original music. I've been playing covers when I was younger, but it's very hard to, to play gigs around Italy if you don't play, you know, uh, Vasco Rossi covers and you know, <laughs> all that stuff. So it's, yeah. it's a different uh, cultural environment. That's for sure. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you think it is that in Italy playing covers is more popular than playing original music in clubs? Uh, it's a, I, I think it's a cultural thing. And, uh, and as years are, are passing by, people are consuming music much more as a product. And there's less, I think, passion into finding the music that you really like. Yeah. So 
most of like the average Joe listens to the radio and you know that's that's the only thing he, he hears during the yeah. day so oh so this is the music all right and and that's what he looks for when he goes to clubs yeah basically right exactly. there's no culture and curiosity to actually go out and seek for new bands yeah that's that's a nice thing at least with america i mean we i i feel like i mean my town places that i've been like a lot of play there are cover bands for sure like i just went to a festival recently where like the main event, the the big the big name on the ticket was actually a cover band. I'm not sure if you've heard of Zach Brown Band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was a co- there's a cover band that's very popular in Rochester, and they like headline the festival. Oh, floor. okay, I see, I see. So like, right. there still is that, but like the younger generation, from my from my observation of it, are more open to the um, music that is created by the musicians locally as opposed to only wanting to hear music that's on the radio so yeah, definitely- i might say this is slowly coming here i mean and and for sure like milan is the most uh advanced city i would say in regards to music and art in general and yeah. show business uh but i'm not quite sure i can say the same for any other city outside Milan, but, but here, like, uh, I would say people still crave for concerts of like original music and, and new bands. Yeah, so absolutely. that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. When, when that's the were... only music I play live, I only play original projects. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see that's, that's perfect. Like you're, you're part of the, the trend of that going somewhere. Like you're part of that beginning thing, which is huge because musicians yeah. need that. You can't be you can't go anywhere. Re- I mean, you can, but like playing covers all the time, you can't really express who you are as a musician no. when you're playing a cover. I mean, I've done that because that's a gig and, and you have to pay your bills. Yeah, but money, then yeah. after a while, if you, if you make the right choices and you grew up as a musician, I think there's a time where when you, you should say stop and just play other kind of music, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now with... I think until I was probably 26, maybe. You were playing covers till 26? Till 26. And then I was like, stop it. I'm done with this. Why? It's, it's an artistic reason. I mean, like you, you play that shit, for, you know, for paying your bills. But then after a while, you just get sick of it. You know, you just want to play the music you like. And that's yeah. what I've done. And, and plus, I... The point is that I love teaching. I've been doing I've been doing that for so long that I thought I I I'd rather earn my money teaching lessons than playing covers. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now, with with that being said, um, you have a school in Milano. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that co- like? How did you start? Why did you start that school in general? Like for what? I think uh, the most important thing is, uh, as I already said, I opened my school because I love teaching mm-hmm. and teaching has never been a, a plan B in my mind. Really? Yeah. Wow. Again, I'd rather, teach, yeah, I'd rather teach to kids who really want to improve playing drums instead of playing music that I don't care about. Yeah, exactly. Because I, because I feel like my relationship with music is so uh i would say sacred yeah 
uh, that uh, I feel like I don't want I don't want to compromise that playing music that I don't like. Yeah, absolutely. You have to play what's what you want to play so that you're playing it to your fullest yeah, potential. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, teaching. I mean, it's after a day of teaching, you, you come home like exhausted, but it's the best feeling at the same time because you feel like, like you're doing something good to other people. Yeah. So I love that feeling, you know? Absolutely. I love teaching. So the point, the, the story, long story short is I've been teaching since I was 16. So I, I definitely started teaching way too young to actually have a, uh, consciousness about what uh, what was the content that I was teaching and certainly I wasn't able to re-elaborate the content in a way that fitted uh, the, the student the most yeah. I was just, you know uh, recycling the information that I was getting from my teacher back then yeah exactly and then you after a while I started exactly after a while I started understanding you know okay so students they, they, they need help in developing this, this and that. So I might find out a way to explain better this thing because they, they're not getting it. So I, I found out I like to explain things, yeah. right? So, and, and I've done that for very long. And then in, uh, in 2009, my former teacher, uh, one of the most important uh, teacher for myself, uh, he had this school in, in Milan. And he, he asked me to basically teach master classes for the students of his uh, third year of course. So his course is like three years long and, um, uh, and then you actually do the final exam and you get a diploma after that. Yeah. So for the students of the third year of course, they get to have like five master classes with me where, where I can explain whatever I like, mm. especially stuff that he doesn't do like uh, double pedal, you know stuff like that because yeah. he, he's more of a jazz guy so i'm covering the you know more like the modern rock kind of thing yeah exactly and so uh and and so i started wor uh, working with um with this school in milan right and after a few years they asked me Fede, do you want to start your own course inside the school and i'm like yeah let's go for it but then my course wasn't really structured in a way that you know you knew when you started and, and when you ended like it's yeah. only like you paid for 16 or 32 lessons with me at school but in reality there was no actual difference uh going uh, and taking lessons with me at school or private lessons at home you only paid more at school instead mm -hmm. of you know yeah it coming privately so uh no surprise the course didn't take off because people continued taking private lessons, right? Yeah, 100%. So I was like, guys, uh, because the, the, the owner of the school was like, oh, I don't understand why your course is not taking off. And I'm like, I do understand why. <laughs> you know, there's nothing yeah. different in coming to, you know, and take private lessons instead of coming to school. And, and except it, it's more expensive. Yeah, so exactly. I would like to have my own course that it's not just one year long but you know uh, a, a multi uh, multi-year course at the end of which you get the diploma and you have like um uh, complementary subjects yes. right so that's what i did but but the, um, the structure the building where the school is in milan is way too small 
to be able to host two different uh, drum courses. So I just said, hey guys, you know what? I'm opening my own school. And uh, since I respect you a lot and I don't want to fight you, maybe we can just, you know, uh, have this collaboration where I say, this is one of your branches. Ah. So I, I kept the, the, the school brand, yeah. but, the, but the school is under my name, basically. It's the Federico Pavlovich uh -huh. Drum School, right? Uh-huh. So, and, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I chose this place, which is a little bit outside of Milan, mm -hmm. and is in a huge recording studio. Like, my drum room is about uh, 300 square meters, which I don't know the conversion in foot. But it's very large. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. So I can definitely fit like five drum set, and we have a stage, and we have uh, the pads with the mirror. I have mm. plenty of space, right? Yeah. And and the, the like the location is beautiful. So that was the only way for me to actually have a, a full drum course with uh, complementary piano and mm. um, musical theory, harmony, uh, recording session. Uh, mm -hmm. master classes so it's it's a full package instead of you know uh private lessons so the difference now is huge yeah absolutely right so i still have private students but those are mainly the ones who uh there are basically like two types like the more advanced students actually it doesn't make sense for them to join the school because we basically kind of start from the from the basics yeah so they come and take private lessons as a sort of uh like a level up kind of yeah course, exactly right? and then i had the ones who they have a day job and and, and they they just want to get better better playing drums but they don't have enough time to actually you know practice the piano and harmony and stuff like that yeah exactly but the school is for the most motivated students basically so would you say that your schooling what you teach is uh you teach a broad range you teach from beginner to extremely advanced and because you do what a three-year program too it's my it's four years four years four years because i i realized in at the middle of the year last year because the school has just started it's a third year in existence uh -huh. in the school basically right yeah and i realized in the middle of the year and i'm like watching my students at the second year and i was like oh these guys are supposed to be playing the final exam in a little more than a year from now mm -hmm. and i don't think they'll be able to do that with the exam that i have in my mind for them yeah so i, I need to add another year because i have so much more to teach them mm -hmm. that three years is just not enough absolutely and also i want to to differentiate, uh, differentiate from all the other schools that are three years long. Yeah, you wanted to be I different. Take, I only take nine students per year. The, I just want the most motivated people. I don't want like hundreds of students hanging around the studio. I only want, you know, nine, the most motivated every year. And that's mm. it. So that that's a, that's a, an odd concept for someone from America, because in America, it's very money driven. It sounds like you're not so much money driven as you are the actual aspect of teaching people that want to learn. That's my main drive. But at yeah. the same time, the, my point is, since I'm so confident that we, the, the work, the job we are doing is so good, 
-hmm. I know in a matter of few years, I will have to, uh, you know, stop at nine and having many people in the waiting list for the year after, right? Yeah. So when something like that happens, I can drastically raise my uh, prices. At that yeah, point. absolutely. absolutely. Uh, it's an investment. Like I, I don't want to work like a hundred hours a week. I just want time for myself and playing drums and do all the other stuff. Yeah. So with nine students in four years, it's, it's like 36 students. It's like four, uh, it's like four afternoons of teaching four and a half hours. And that's yeah. enough for me. I don't want to work more than that. Absolutely. And, and I can actually make more money in that time if, you mm. know, the school goes well and everyone wants to, uh, to join the course, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what made you, because as a drummer, I mean, I, I don't know too many drummers, but since going to Italy, I met a whole uh, a shitload of drummers. Um, I feel like drummers want to drum and they want to perform and they want to go on the big stage. Is that something that you ever really pursued or for you, was it more, I want to teach and let the next generation become better and let my knowledge push off to the next generation? Of course, I love to play shows, big shows, concerts, and that's what I do. I mean, I've, I've done so many different things. I've, I've played TV shows. I've played a bunch of clinics. I've, I've, I've done so many different things, but the point is, uh, I mean, if the, if the gig pays well and it's in a professional environment, mm -hmm. I'll take it. I don't yeah, care. Absolutely. But as music is so important for me, I only, I'm trying to only do the things that I like. So most yeah. of the pop music, like the Italian pop music, which I've never been listening to much in mm -hmm. my life. I mean, those gigs certainly would pay well and certainly uh, would allow me to uh, play big arenas or you know uh, concert halls and stuff like that yeah but for as much as I know myself I would probably question myself after a, a week or two of tour like on stage playing the same kind of boring songs over and over again and yeah. and by questioning myself like what am I doing? Like, like, and who am I playing for? Yeah, exactly. That's the most important thing because like I have my own band. We write our own music. Uh -huh. uh, we have like uh, new records coming out in se September, October this year. It's, mm -hmm. it's a sixth album. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we played tours in Europe, North America and Japan. We, we, we played in a, in a whole bunch of different, you know, places. Yeah. And, even though we haven't played like huge arenas or stuff like that, it's much more satisfying knowing that there are people around the world coming to your shows, listening to the music that you wrote. Yeah, absolutely. It's much more satisfactory for me than, than playing for someone else that I don't even care music, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And Marco, Marco was telling me this uh, in a, a previous episode, when you're a musician, a drummer, anything, it's an art form and you can only you can only really enjoy it if you're doing what you love to do. You can't just like force yourself to play some you can force yourself to play, 
but you're not your heart isn't in it when you're exactly. doing that it's the same for teaching it's full of drum teacher drum teachers who wanted to be rock stars and and failed so they so they teach and they ruin the students yeah absolutely because their heart's not in it it's the same so I've, I've talked about this with my colleagues and friends so many times and i have a, a bunch of great drumming friends who play pop gigs and 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 it boils down to you gotta love it man if you if you want to play pop music you you have to love the music yeah exactly. and unfortunately i don't so it's like not really my cup of tea that's that's it i'm not saying it's you know it's bad and 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 people shouldn't do that they everyone should do what what they love that's that's the point yeah absolutely now with your with your drum school um what what made you what made you want to go full like full steam into the drum school and like because you have a pretty well-known drum school in milan right i mean kind of yeah i mean it's brand new and the the point is i i built my my reputation in the drumming community in the last 15 years or so yeah uh but i'm telling you even with with uh with a name in the drumming community starting a drum school from zero it's not an easy task because you don't have the uh trip advisor effect mm -hmm. because you didn't have students who can say yeah i've been there and it was good there wasn't the school the year earlier you know yeah, exactly you're still building up how it's going to be so the students who who enrolled in the course in the last years they they did it because they wanted to study with me and they trusted the program even mm. if they knew if, even if they didn't know anybody who actually studied with me at school because the school didn't exist yeah basically yeah they wanted to study with Fede. yeah in, in fact most of the students that i had they come from out of region yeah that they you drive, were, i remember you telling me yeah. they drive like one up to four hours every week Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you market your school at all? Do you advertise your school at all? Or is it more so just your presence on social media kind of does that for you? Which, which, which is terrible because I hate social media so bad. So I'm, I'm very bad at it, honestly, but <laughs> yeah, I, like this is the period where I normally start, you know, making some advertisement because I, you know, the new season is opening up. So we opening yeah. up for new students uh so yeah i do like paid ads and facebook and instagram during this period mm -hmm. and normally the course would start in october so we have a few months of promotion to honestly just you know find the nine most motivated students that's yeah that's the, the goal absolutely um how do you think that the advertisements are doing doing a good job right now or do you think it's more so like how you were saying before people just know you from drumming as long as you've been drumming and they want to learn from you. I think it's a combination of the two because uh, even though there are quite a few drummers who know me and know what I do, they maybe don't know about the school. Yeah. It's exactly. a good idea to promote the school instead of just, you know, yeah, I play drums and maybe you like it, you know? Mm. So I think, I mean, you cannot do without it, to be honest. Like yeah. that's the bare minimum you can do. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what, what sets your school apart from the rest? What makes your school different from the rest of the schools that are out there right now? Uh, I think there are a few things uh, that set me apart. The first is that the program is four years long mm -hmm. and most of schools are like three years. Mm -hmm. and, um, and most of the content and, uh, that I'm teaching to the students uh, comes from my direct experience and from my personal studies and research. Yes. So most of the stuff that I teach, they cannot find it anywhere else, basically. Really? Yeah. So I have plenty of, you know, traditional books that I've studied with my earlier um, teachers. Yeah. But as, as in my career as a student, when I was younger, I found so many um, lacking points in the, in the instructional books and stuff like that i'm like i think there's much more to this i have to dig and, mm. and find a system to actually master this subject and that's what i've done absolutely and i've also done like video courses in the same way so i'm mm. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching stuff that i that i taught myself in the first place and and i tested them that they work so so i know i can teach them to my students right Crazy. No, absolutely. Um, and where, where do you, where do you see the school like big picture? Where do you want to take this schooling and all of that? Do you want to keep it to just Milan, or do you want to branch out and do bigger, like more, either more countries, more cities? How how big do you want to make this? That's that's a good question. I've been thinking about scaling the school, of course. Mm. Uh, one more exclusive that I have that I want to mention that sets me apart from the other schools that is that. Uh, I have so many good drumming friends, uh, especially like American drummers, yeah. uh, very famous drummers. And uh, we organize like uh, two or three uh, webinar with them each year. They, they, you know, we have this sort of like Zoom uh, call with all the yeah. students and they, you know, we have the Q&A with them and they explain stuff that I, I really want the students to hear from them how it's like to be uh, on tour for like two days, uh, 200 days in a year or stuff, or, you know, yeah. more like gig related stuff because I can teach them the drums, right? Mm -hmm. But I want them to hear from people who can really inspire them to make, you know, the next step uh, to be their, you know, spark of inspiration, I would say. And yeah. I can, and I can, you know, it's based on the on the friendship relationship that I have with many of those drummers, mm -hmm. and the schools in Italy can't do that, right? So, yeah. uh, but but yeah, for example, one of my best friends is um, is Dave Illich, and he's mm -hmm. one of the most uh, respected uh, teachers and and drummers in general in the states and mm -hmm. in the world. I would say mm -hmm. uh, many many famous drummers take lessons from him to uh, to fix like posture and, and technique in general. Yeah. So basically he helped me out with that. And I'm kind of, you know, incorporating that kind of knowledge into the uh, technique teaching that I'm doing at the first year, of course. Yeah. And I can say no one else in Italy is doing that. Yeah. They don't have the same connections. No, no, they don't have the same knowledge. It's a, it's a different approach, completely yeah. different approach. 
Absolutely. So that's that's a that's a good thing because it makes the school exclusive, which is the thing that I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. At the same, at the same time, it makes it more difficult to scale because you need to have teachers who know what they're teaching. Yeah. in order for you to uh, to grant the same quality of, of content if you have to open other schools in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to bring it to the States, possibly, the school that you have right now? Uh, not for now. I mean, like, there are plenty of, like, huge schools that I would have to compete, compete with Yeah. that I, I don't think I'm, you know, strong and big enough so far to, to, to even try do that mm. i mean I, i'd be just happy to to have more than one in, in italy at some point yeah absolutely which i mean I, I don't see why you can't no no exactly the, the 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 obstacle is mainly having the right teachers right that, that like most likely will be the most proficient students of the of the school so it's it's gotta take its time you know to form the, the the right students who really want to do that then mm. that's an opportunity yeah but that but it's at, at a certain level i would like to do that but uh i also kind of hate the franchising model of schools that we have in italy and yeah. we have like three or four of them and uh and i'm fighting them uh ideologically i would say not yeah. like factually but yeah um because the point is is, is that they grow uh, as a sort of like a multi-level kind of thing yeah so yeah. they actually the students get the diploma and and so that they can open a new branch with that di diploma and teach the same thing but with less quality yeah so, you, so, so as want, it gets bigger it gets watered down exactly i don't want that yeah Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so how do you, mentality-wise, how do you go about, like, the process of, like, finding the people? Like, is there a certain mentality you're looking for? Or, it, like, how do, you, how do you go about finding the nine students that are, like, the ones you're going to teach? Uh, I do auditions. Like, oh, really? Yeah, if you if you if you want to join the school, uh, you have to do the auditions with the audition with me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mainly for you know testing the level because because uh, I do classes of uh, two or three students yeah. per time. So I have to make sure the students are the most you know leveled as possible mm -hmm. because of course like the. The level of the students is very diverse, mm -hmm. and that's not a reason for me to keep keep students off the off the school because maybe uh, I have students who have started playing just like a few years ago, but they're practicing a lot. Yeah, exactly. They have talent and they progress. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I have people who've been playing for like 10, 15 years, but but they're less you know flexible and less you know keen to understanding the process the learning process and 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 actually do the changes that would allow them uh, to improve for good you know so it really depends for now the, the audition is about setting the same level for the class mm -hmm. and then 
at that point, I can only, you know, keep the best ones after, ah, shit. P8. Did I freeze? No, you're good. Oh, okay, I'm good. So I can, I can do the auditions to, to level the classes and then uh, I can only keep the best students. And and yeah. and uh, and the and the worst, I can just say, "Hey, I'll see you next year. Be more prepared." I mean, that that's a good way to go about it, because then yeah. it gives them something to work towards for the next year. Yeah. So yeah. you said you said you were doing this for three years. So you were doing this through COVID. Yeah, I started, and like three three months later, COVID started. How did you how did you stick with it through all of that? Because I know uh, yeah, I'm telling you, down. I'm telling you, like it's not even easy to start a school from zero. Can you imagine? Like you start your own school and three months later it's COVID. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, Everything shuts down. You can't do nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's been hard, but we managed to do it. Actually. How did you manage to do it? I mean, uh, apart from the from the first couple months of like uh, March and April mm. in which I've done like lessons on Zoom with the students. But after, after that, we came back to school and never closed again. Mm-hmm. So I, I've done lessons in, in presence ever since, uh, apart from the first two months of COVID. Man, that's not bad. You really, yeah. don't, you really ran with it the whole time. That's yeah, fantastic. basically, yes. But that's, I think that's the importance of choosing the right um, partners, like business partners. Yeah. Because 100%. the guy of the studio, he went to the, I would say, like the police chief chief of the, of the county and, and mm. explained the situation. The studio is very large. So there's really no risk of, you know, infection because we can stay very far away from each other. Yeah. So we just did that and we just did lesson like in presence apart from the two for the first two months of, mm-hmm. you know, of the COVID thing. Yeah. What makes you stick with it through all of, uh, through everything? Like, cause starting a business isn't easy and no. being in music and trying to make a career out of music isn't easy. And you're doing both of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Stressful. So what- <laughs> what makes what makes you stick with it and keep pushing pushing and not stopping i want to do the best that i can i i don't like mediocrity so i just want to be the best that i want at, at what i do at least i know that i tried you know yeah. mm-hmm. like this my school is definitely the best thing i've ever done in the last five years really yeah i'm so happy that i've done that in, 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 in many regards, like financial regard. Yeah. And uh, I would say personal growth regard, because, you know, at this point I have, I have 20 something students. Yeah. And it's uh, at school apart from the private ones. And it's great to see how beautiful and friendly and, and inspirational the environment of the school has begun. Yeah, because students become friends with each other, you know, and we all make jokes. Like it's it's a very fun uh, environment to work in. Yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to the days that I'm teaching at school. That's amazing. Yeah, and I and I do prepare the lessons. I'm like, okay, so tomorrow's gonna be that, and 
So the first year I'll, I'll teach this, this, and that. Second year, it's, it's going to be this program. Third year is going to be that program. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and honestly, the, the, the feeling of seeing the, the guys like growing, it's, you know, it's priceless. Absolutely. I see them at the first year and, and the third year, they, they can actually play. Like they, they're, they're getting better and better. And that's a wonderful feeling for me. Absolutely. That's probably the most rewarding thing, right? Seeing them go from this level to this level because of your teaching. It is. It is. And I'm always questioning myself. It's like, because, you know, I've always been, uh, I really didn't, I really never needed extra motivation for practicing. Mm -hmm. But I see like younger generation, they kind of need that because because all this social media is so distracting. Yeah. Absolutely. They really need a guide to help them navigate through, you know, all the like information that most of the time is crap. So yes. I, I the my goal is also to actually pick the right information for, from them because if not, they just you know they're just lost. Yeah, absolutely. Without your without your guidance, they're just stuck on the whole social media thing. And I even I've seen on social media drummers like my my social media because of Marco and because yeah. of like everything that I've been doing the past month, my social media is full of drummers and you'll see like kids drumming and like, they'll just be doing whatever the hell they want to do. And it does exactly. it makes no sense, but it's, it looks cool. Exactly. But then like that, that has a, a deep impact in the, uh, you know, psychological uh, aspect of, of the students, because the point was like, I'm old enough to remember how the word, before internet was because that's when i started playing drums but i'm young enough to have been able to adapt to the new tool yes right exactly that i'm I'm in that sort of like in in the middle generation yeah um so i remember how it was before but i adapted to the new standard so i know that the, the point is Back then, teachers were like, I'm teaching you this, and if you don't get it, it's your fault. Like, figure it out. I'm not going to try to repeat this, right? Yeah. So when I was starting with my teacher, he was kind of like that. So I, I had to be super sharp and, and, you know, paying attention to what he was doing to really grasp the information. Yeah. But also... I was so much craving for as much information I could that I literally, you know, tried to copy everything he was doing, even if he wasn't teaching me that particular thing. I'm like, okay, I'll try to do that, even if it's not the, you know, subject of the lesson, right? Yeah, exactly. But nowadays, like, I think with internet, teaching has to change because there's there's too much information compared to like 15, 20 years ago where information was kind of rare. Yeah. Oh, there's too much information. So the, the plus that the teacher need, needs to, uh, to give to students is because they can actually find that information anywhere. The plus of the teacher is, okay, this is the information. And if you don't get it this way, I'll make sure you get it in any other different way. Yeah, and exactly. I'll kind of like personalize it until you get it. Right. 
makes you have to work a little harder to get it yeah. through to the student. Yeah. I don't know if this is good or not, but that's the way it is. I can do nothing to change it. Yeah, I mean, you know? it, it, makes the, it makes the teacher have to be more in tune with the student because like you yeah. said, they can go on YouTube and find yeah. another teacher who's teaching the same thing, but a different way that resonates with them more yeah. as opposed to before, like you said, oh, you don't get it? Oh, well. Yeah. Which that's, exactly. that's a terrible way to teach. But that's how it's always been. Like that's pre-internet teaching, mm. basically. Would you say that the, the availability of information right now is better for what you're doing? Or would you say it's worse because it makes it so that you have to, you have more competition? Do you say it's better or worse? It's different. It's hard for me to say if it's better or worse because I don't want to sound nostalgic. Either <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to sound too enthusiastic about the progress. I right. don't know. It's just different, you know, and you got to adapt. Mm -hmm. basically. Absolutely. So for somebody who, for somebody who wants to maybe start pursuing music or pursuing teaching music, what do you say is like the biggest thing that you've stuck with to bring you to the level that you're at? As a student? As, or as, a, as a teacher? Like for opening as, a school? Yes. Uh, quality over quantity. That's why, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want too many students. I don't want to do too many things. I don't want to open too many schools. It's like, I do whatever I can do, but I do it at my best. And I, and I try to find the best resources, the best professionals for every role in the school mm. and for, you know, all the uh, partnerships and collaborations that I do. Uh, I'm looking for the, for the best in every, in every field. And, and that's also something that I'm forcing myself to do as well, because mm -hmm. I, I always question myself, like, am I good enough for the job that I'm doing? Yeah. Are there any other schools that are better at doing what I'm doing? You know, uh, so far, students are happy about the, you know, the process because mainly because the way that I am, I don't think they see me as like the severe teacher, you know, they're yeah. afraid of. The relationship I have with them is much more like a uh, elder brother. Yes. Yeah, kind exactly. Of. Which that's a great way to be, honestly, because they I feel like as just an, anyone would say, having an authority figure that you're also friends with, close with is better than just having that authoritative do what I say. Yeah, I mean, you also have to have a bit of that mm -hmm. because if you don't do that, uh, the, 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 the fine line between, you know, uh, friendship and, and respect versus, you know, disrespect and, you know, keeping the roles separated. Yeah it's very undefined. So as soon as I see that they're taking too much freedom in the relationship they're having with me, yeah. I just point it out. It's like, uh -huh. yes, I'm cool. It's all good. I'm not your brother though. Yeah. I'm a teacher.
and now you do what I what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's it's about getting the right balance. And and honestly, I think the the most important thing in general is to be congruent with your values and and who you are, basically. Mm. Yeah, I you, am you who I am. I am this way, and I and I translate that into the way I teach. I'm not a different person when I'm teaching. I'm not a different person when I'm relating to other drummers or or students or you know. I treat people the same way. I don't care. Yeah. That's what you have to do. I mean, you can't you yep. can't be a fake version of yourself in any circumstance. Otherwise, you can't you can't continue that. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think uh, I I don't remember if we have talked about this when you guys were in Italy, but uh, I think I because I I treat everyone at the same in the same way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key uh, point for me. Uh, that allowed me to develop the, the the good relationship that I have with so many great drummers mm-hmm. because I've always treated them as peers, like as you know human beings. Yeah. Before you know the the great drummers that they clearly are, right? Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, and because I I've, I've seen it with myself, and and I very soon realized I didn't like it, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I've seen so many other drummers uh, treating me with like excessive respect because, mm. you know, I'm kind of more famous than them in Italy. So they're, you know, treating me with, you know, a lot of respect. Yeah. Oh my but God, it's better. Exactly. But at the same time, as soon as they relate with their students or other peers or, you know, younger drummers or, or just because they're not as good as them in playing drums, they treat them like shit, right? So, and I hate that because that, what happened is when those people become better and better and eventually they become famous, those are the ones who treat other people like shit just because they're not famous and will try with excessive respect people who are more famous than them, you know? Yeah. I don't like that. No. For me, it's like horizontal. I, I treat everyone in the same way. I don't care if you're, you're not, you know, god or like the last of the you know homelesses i don't care yeah you treat everybody with the same exact respect same respect exactly yeah at first then of course like trust and you know extra respect then you have to you have to earn them yeah but absolutely. The basic you know education and respect that's on to to everyone 100 so what would you say is like the the biggest thing you want people to take away from today's interview that we did uh, probably you know what because when you ask me why you opened your school how did you manage to do that etc cetera, etc cetera, for me i've never i've never done anything different that i'm doing right now and i've always counted on myself only so mm-hmm. i've never had um, an employer. I never had a boss, right? So I, I couldn't imagine a different outcome for me than doing stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. While, uh, for example, uh, I have so many colleagues that they work very hard 
to being to be hired and teach at the conservatory of music of such city or whatever that is yeah so that they're basically waiting for other people to give them the job and i wanted to create my own job i don't want to depend from anyone yeah exactly that's that's the spirit that i've always had approaching this kind of you know uh word and this kind of career because mm. basically if you want to have a a career like a musician you're crazy at, at the beginning so yes. you, you you're not adverse to to risk if you're yeah. if you're doing musician right 100 so if you don't care about risk then why would you wait from for from uh, for other people to give you work to give you a gig to give you job you know yeah you just do it on your own and that's that's what i've always done absolutely that that's probably honestly that's as an entrepreneur someone who opens up their own business who does their own, i mean as a musician you're an entrepreneur from the jump and yep. you can't wait for other people to give you opportunities because that might never happen exactly so exactly. no that I mean, but, but just don't count on them on them they will come but just don't count on them yeah that's a plus basically exactly exactly um i wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast so today next it was amazing thank you for coming um everybody make sure to like comment and subscribe on this video any questions you have for fede feel free to comment or dm i'll make sure to get them to him um and any of his links or information for his school albums any of that will be in the description below thank you for watching thank you very much guys